We're pleased to once again partner with Curex, the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, it's the top-selling brand of insoles. It's no wonder. Curex insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. For 15% off, visit curex.us and use code AMR15. Thanks to Calm, the number one mental wellness app, for its continued support of another mother runner. Improve your focus with Calm's curated music tracks and drift off to dreamland with Calm's imaginative sleep stories. Calm is offering you an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Get the support you need from our partner Handful, the maker of our favorite sports bras. Choose from seven styles of bras in an array of colors, including several glorious new shades. Save 15% at handful.com with promo code HANDFULAMR15. Welcome to another Mother Runner Answers. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. And this is Dimity McDowell. And uh, hi, Sarah. How are you? Good, good. I hear you got some snow there, Dimity. We got a little snow this weekend. It felt very wintry, finally. Um, but of course, now we're back in true Colorado fashion to a sunshine, beautiful day. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it melts quickly when the sun yeah. shines. It's amazing. Very different yeah. than Minnesota, where it lasts for months and months. Right, 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 right. But it's still getting the, in the way of some running for you, is it? Um, yes. Yes, it is. I, uh, I tried to run on Sunday afternoon. Um, I did not plan my workouts wisely. Let's just say that. I was going to run on Friday um, and it was snowing and it just was, it was just miserable out. It was snowing and gray and, you know, I'm not training for Boston like my husband. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, I don't have to run in those conditions if I choose not to. And so sure. I chose not to. And then, um, and then I didn't realize that was going to set me up for not running at all the whole week. So, cause I was going to go run on Sunday after a Costco run, the <laughs> kind of running I like to do. Um, oh, you love, you love Costco. What are you talking about? Uh, woman? I, I especially love Costco at like two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. Remind <laughs> me if I ever try to go again at that time, just shoot me in the head. Oh my God. Oh uh, my God. hello. One of the joys of being self-employed is you can avoid the weekend of shopping. So you, you know. You can, you can ideally, but you know, sometimes it just stacks up that way. So anyway, I get out of Costco. I'm like, the sun is shining. It's like 2.30. Like, I'm going to go for a quick run. I came home. Grant had already gone for his um, long training run. And mm-hmm. I said, you know, what do you think about the High Line? Because the High Line is kind of my preferred route. And, uh, and he said, it's really slippery and icy. Mm. And I just I was like, mm, not so much. So I just, uh, I went for a walk. Instead, without dogs, which was, I have, I have my mom's dog here right now, so dogs, plural. Yeah. So, uh, so that was nice, just to go for a walk by myself. Like, I haven't done that in forever. <laughs> yeah. You can decide which direction and when you stop. And- exactly. And I don't stop to sniff the ground. So, you know, at least most days. Oh, my gosh. I tell you, I mean, I know that you can sometimes, with Mason can kind of cover some distance. And with Augie, no, we can go out for 20 minutes and we maybe get five, you know, six blocks you know, distance full, you know, that covered totally. I mean, he just like stops and sniffs and sniffs and sniffs and he doesn't walk very fast. And I mean, supposedly with other members of my family, he just will stop and not go anywhere. (laughs) I love that. They're like, I'm sitting here and I'm not moving, by the way. And I'm I'm always like, hey, it's a pretty day. Why don't you take the dog for a walk? Mom, Augie only walks with you. I'm like, oh, okay. Uh, okay. I don't believe that, but okay. Maybe, maybe. Yeah, yeah. No, Mason is, he's a real assist on runs and walks. Ben, um, 
my 12 year old has, uh, we started kind of hiking on Sundays together, which has been oh, fun. Yeah. Um, well, we've gone twice. <laughs> but, well, we, we've talked a lot about going more though. And I, I just bought him some hiking shoes because he had like slip and slide tennis shoes. Um, but anyway, we went out, uh, well, Monday, gosh, it was just Monday of last week when he still had no school. And, um, and, uh, he's like, mom, how are you walking so fast? And I was like, come take Mason in the lead. And you, it's like, it's like a toe. It's like a rope toe, you know, from like long, long ago skiing. Well, um, yeah. also put, put, put Ben on the phone to me and I'll be like, Ben, newsflash, your mother walks really fast. That's just the way she does it. I have been trailing her for going on a decade. Okay. Yes. Yes. He, he's a fast walker though, too. He, okay. he uh, I mean, he, he's more cut of my cloth. He, um, Grant is more cut of your, your cloth. So, uh, he's like, I don't like going hiking with dad, man. He just, he can't keep up. And I'm like, I know, stay with me. Oh, what about you? How's your running going? It is going well. You know, the, the trip to Europe really kind of, um, I think I've been holding back a little in terms of not wanting to, when I was in the States, I thought, oh, you know, I want to take it easy, not do too much of my foot. And, um, and my, my affected ankle, the ankle that um, was fractured now almost four years ago, sometimes just gets a little tight, kind of locked up feeling. And so that sometimes that, that leg, um, bothers me more than my, you know, now recovered plantar fasciitis foot does. And, um, cause they're, they're opposite, um, ones, the PF is in the left and the affected is the right. And they balance each other out. That's called balancing injuries. <laughs> Good. New term. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so yeah, so just at home, I, I, you know, I have more options when I'm at home, you know, I have a, a studio that I like taking classes at, or I can go to cycle bar or something like that. And so in Europe, it was like, okay, except for when we stayed at a hotel in Amsterdam, it was like, you're either gonna run, or you're not gonna do anything. Yeah. So, um, you know, I put in 40, a little over 40 miles over the course of two weeks. So that was a little more than normal. So now I've, um, I, I just feel I'm pretty much back at my regular, somewhat regular running. So to that end, I am finally doing a race. No, no. <laughs> yeah. Should I've had you... a word around here? Yeah, I know. Should I let you sit down first before I broke the news? <laughs> oh, I am sitting. Don't worry. <laughs> um, so yes. So because the last race that I did, unless I'm really forgetting was, no, I'm not forgetting. It, it was Twin Cities 2017. So that was in October of 2017, which is now going on a long time ago. And so I was, you know, we're doing our Eau Claire retreat in May. And I suddenly just literally in the middle of the night was like, you know what, I'm gonna see if I can be on a relay team, because they have a marathon relay with Eau Claire. And so of course, on the Facebook page, like all the other people who knew they were going to do a relay had already signed up. And I was like, Oh, I think the relay train might've pulled out of this station. Yeah. And, and so I was like, Hey, anybody still want to do the relay? And so, um, this mother runner, Aubreen, who lives in Chicago, Hey, Hey, Aubreen, uh, she had not yet signed up. And I know her from when we did the Chicago marathon expo several years ago. And so she rounded up two other women who are going to retreat. And so we are going to, we don't have a team name. I've already floated some suggestions for um, outfits, but other than that. Oh, wow. Yeah. Are they going to get a deal on, a, on an AMR shirt? On a they, they, will, shirt? they will get a deal on an AMR <laughs> tank top. And, uh, and so also I'm thinking a sparkle athletic skirt 
And wow. Uh, if anyone else is going to Eau Claire, mm-hmm. we didn't know it was a costume contest, but if you have a relay team, you might want to up your costume game just a little bit. We might have to put that on the Facebook page because right. it's like, wait, I didn't know, especially people who really do like to, you know, they're into coordination and, and like the outfits. If they yeah. missed an opportunity, that's, that's uh, no fun. That is true. That's very thoughtful of you. Um, so yeah, I will, I will try to remember this afternoon to put that up there. So yes. Um, Aubreen wants to hold, I was like, oh, okay, we can wear this tank top. Da, da, da. And she's like, let's wait to see what the weather forecast is. I'm thinking I'm wearing a tank top regardless, but okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'll know that I have, um, I think I have not every color of sparkle skirt here, but I have quite a few still from, oh, from our, our sparkly days. So if you oh. need color, let me know. Good, good. I just sent one off to a friend who did Walt Disney marathon yesterday. Yeah, talk about hot tank tops. Holy cow. Oh, I didn't hear. I didn't hear. The marathon, I believe, I don't know exactly what the temperature was, but it was definitely not ideal running conditions. I can tell you that. Wow. Yeah, we had a lot of, I would say probably had like 10 or 12 women doing the dopey mm-hmm. um, that were through the Train Like a Mother Club. So they all finished and um, got all those medals and had <laughs> smiley pictures, but they definitely, I mean, it was, it was, the pictures were, you know, in direct sunlight and Ooh. the comments were, that was you know, it was a warm day. Mm-hmm. Well, to you know, I mean, I think you can never expect chili to, well, I guess they have had some chili ones. You, so I, yes, they have. They've had really, like they've had to cancel it because of rain and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's definitely, it's just a crapshoot, you know? It is. It crap is. Shoot. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Are you allowed to say crap in relation to Disney? If not, it's just a, it's just a <laughs> poker game. It's just a gambling <laughs> Snake eyes. Uh, (laughs) All right. So, uh, well, let's move on to questions. We got this from Rebecca in South Carolina. Hi, my name is Rebecca. I'm calling from South Carolina. I'm a newish runner, running for about two years and attempting my first, second marathon coming up actually this this weekend. My um, question is how do you turn running back into a stress relief? got a lot going on in my life. I'm a mother of two. Um, the running is something I've gotten into that loved and helped balance me, so it became a priority for me, but I'm working on a PhD. I work full-time. I just started a new job, which turns out I'm not crazy about, but I'm in it for a little bit. So um, running has since then become kind of a added stress to get to, and it used to be such a stress relief for me, and I, I just would love to know maybe how or what parameters to put into it to make it back that stress relief activity. So thank you with anything you have to offer. Thanks. You can kind of hear the pain in her voice, huh? I know. I know. That really, uh, that, that kind of, um, you know, stabbed me a little bit. That was, that was tough to listen to a little bit. So Dim, I think, I think I read this. I'm like, Dim, and he's going to have some solutions. I just know. <laughs> well, so the good news is that her first her second marathon um, uh, is just done, right? She's finished 26.2 or that race is done. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, I definitely feel like when we approach running, um, certainly there are exceptions, but you want it to be stress relief, not a stress or, you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and that is is much easier said than done when you don't have a schedule in front of you, you don't have a race breathing down your neck, especially um, a, a demanding race like a marathon. I don't care if it's your first marathon or your 50th marathon. It is a long, long way to go and you've got to do the training, right? Um, it is. And the, and the training lasts for so many weeks. One it's a lot of weeks. Another one after another. <laughs> There's no breaks in the weeks. Um, so what I would do if I were her, 
is I would say, what, what brings me joy with running, right? What brings me joy? Is it being out on the trails? Is it um, getting up in the morning? Is it um, a shorter distance? Is it running a certain route? Like I would try to mix something up a little bit so that I would not run the same routes that she did as she was training for a marathon, if oh, possible. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I would also, like I said, the trails are also, I mean, I just feel like trails just bring you a different perspective on running, right? Mm-hmm. You've got to be exactly where your feet are. You can't watch your Garmin or your GPS. You know, you, you know, you go kind of on an adventure. I always say it's kind of like a video game, right? Mm-hmm. Running on the trails. I always feel like, Oh, which direction? And you got to mm-hmm. remember your way home. And it's just much more cerebral than road running. Um, mm-hmm. or it can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing. The other thing is I would really, really, um, make very achievable goals. And, uh, you know, it's funny in many happy miles, a lot of the workouts that we're doing right now are 30 minutes and, mm-hmm. you know, often people scoff and like, ah, that's not, that's not, you know, it's two miles, maybe three or whatever. You know what? So many people feel so accomplished because it's so doable. It's mm-hmm. so doable. It's mm-hmm. not like, oh my God, I've got to go run for six miles. I've got to go go for at least 75 minutes or it doesn't count. Like we set these kind of very um, arbitrary rules around our running sometimes or our workouts. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's not helpful, especially when you're trying to relieve the stress level of your running. So mm-hmm. what, you know, what very, very small hurdle can you clear? Is it 20 minutes, three times a week? Awesome. Go do it. You know, next week, then do 20 minutes, four times a week or 25 minutes. And you don't have to build up to anything. I mean, you can build up to half an hour runs and call it good. You know, I mean, basically, I mean, the other, the other, the other tenant that I would kind of think of in my mind is I want to finish this run feeling joy, feeling good. Right. So what do I have to do to get that? Is it, again, is it going on the trails? Is it making my five mile route that I always kind of grunt out the last five miles? Is it making it four? You know, so I come home wanting to go again. I mean, that's really, I think that's, that's one way to kind of bring back the joy in running is to crave it more, you know, instead of running yourself into the ground. Yeah, that's what our guest from the last uh, regular episode of the Another Mother Runner podcast was talking about. Neely Gracie was saying, uh, when, talking about when you come back to running, do something that you can know you can do a little bit more so that you're left wanting more mm-hmm. and feeling like you had something left in you. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And I would also, you know, if you know somebody to run with, you know, run with that person one or two days a week, because just the chit chat and the camaraderie is going to bring a lot of, you know, if you enjoy this person's company, it's going to bring a lot of joy into your life and really kind of, you know, maybe they're training for something. So that can be the, what dictates how far you go or something like that. But it's the, then the, then the burn's not on you. It's their, it's their itinerary, let's say, not your own. Exactly. And if she is a numbers driven person, as we all, we all are that to some extent, right? But, you know, there used to be a day when I was like, you know, I would come home with, you know, say like a run that averaged like 923 and my three runs prior to that were like 905 and I'd be like, oh, that sucked. Right. Mm-hmm. Even though it didn't, you know, it really didn't, you know, you know, objectively, it's not that big of a deal, but I let that dictate whether or not that was a good run. And mm-hmm. I think that's pretty normal and easy to do. So if that's, if that becomes a stressing thing to you, you know, because you are not training for a marathon anymore, maybe you've slacked off a little bit, which is okay, you know, then either um, leave your GPS at home or turn it around or stick it in your pocket or whatever you need to do. If you want the, you know, if you want the data, I get that, but also, you know, somehow mitigate it so that it's not, determining whether or not you feel good. 
yeah. during your run. And and I want to give a piece of suggestion that, that might be just so evident it doesn't need saying, but I would tell Rebecca to not sign up for another race. That just to, because, you know, someone who hasn't raced, as we've established for more than a year and a <laughs> half, you know, that, that it just, then you just do whatever you feel like doing that day. Exactly. Instead exactly. Knowing and, you have to do a certain distance or time. Yeah. And that might be a rest day or it might be a walk or it might be a bike ride or a strength workout or a class you want to take. Like that's the thing, you know? So the other thing about, you know, turning running into a, a non-stressor again is not making it a want to do instead of a must do. So mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, I must run five days a week. No, no, you don't. If you're not training for anything, run three days a week. Or mm -hmm. get up and decide if you want to run. And if you don't, then do something else active that day. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I would say don't let herself off the hook because, you know, training for a marathon, you know, she's probably in good shape and you want to keep that groove of forward momentum going, but you can, you can carve that in many ways. It doesn't have to mm -hmm. be, mm -hmm. you know, the exact same route for 60 minutes. Exactly. Exactly. And maybe her new job is in a part of town that she, or a different town that she doesn't know well. So, you know, maybe there's a, a Y or a spinning studio or something. So kind of, um, you know, treat it like new environs and find out what's, what's being offered around there. Oh yeah. And she's got, I forgot the PhD working full time, just started a new job. I mean, geez, Louise, like, hello, let yourself off. the. So that might be a walk at tw for lunchtime for 20 minutes. That mm -hmm. really might, you know, that's, if that's what, you know, is not, is going to leave you wanting more than perfect. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I knew you'd have the answers to me. <laughs> I don't know. But I mean, it's, it's easier to give advice than to take it, especially again, coming off what you feel like is this, I mean, it is a huge accomplishment and it is hard to back down and say, oh my God, I've worked so hard and I'm going to quote unquote lose it all. Mm -hmm. No, you're just going to find a different group. And then when that marathon or a half marathon or whatever feels good again, then jump back into it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Or get your PhD and then pick up. <laughs> this summer, step up to better running with Curex. Curex insoles are the number one insole in the run specialty retail market, meaning in running stores, they're the most popular brand of insoles. It's no wonder Curex Run Pro insoles are highly customized and provide dynamic arch support. I know there are a lot of add to your shoes options, yet insoles shouldn't be just cushioning and shouldn't only be stiff like a custom orthotic. Curex delivers the best of both these options. Curex Run Pro insoles have flexible support with an ideal level of rigidity. They have a thin, low profile while still providing maximum support and comfort. Curex Run Pro insoles are available in three profiles, high, medium, and low. I have high arches, so my feet, knees, hips, and that back of mine are grateful I added Curex Run Pro insoles to my shoes and Curex Ace Pro insoles to my court shoes for playing pickleball. Once you become a believer in Curex Run Pro insoles like me, you'll want to check out the brand's other options. Curex offers the largest line of sport activity specific insoles, from Cleat Pro for soccer or baseball, Hike Pro for hiking, Support Step for walkers, even Work Pro for on their feet professions, plus golf, hockey, and skiing too. Try Curex risk free today. The company offers a 60 day warranty, even if the product has been cut to fit your shoes. Visit curex.us and use code AMR15 for 15% off a pair of Curex insoles. That's C-U-R-R-E-X dot com U-S with code AMR15 for 15% off. Curex dot U-S code AMR15. Trying something new can be intimidating. I totally feel you. Meditation can be something you've been hearing about, but have yet to try for yourself. 
Calm helps you feel more at ease from the moment you start. Find somewhere that's comfortable and familiar to you, like your couch or bed, and tune into Calm. I remember feeling unsure about trying meditation. I have my dear friend and occasional co-host, Molly, to thank for encouraging me to give it a go by using Calm, the number one mental wellness app. That was several years ago, and I'm still so grateful for the nudge. By starting my day with the 10-minute daily trip, I feel more centered and ready to take on whatever comes my way. With Calm, you can reduce stress and anxiety through guided meditations, improve focus with curated music tracks, and rest and recharge with Calm's imaginative sleep stories for adults and children. There's even short daily movement sessions designed to relax your body and uplift your mind. If you go to calm.com AMR, you get a special offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription and new content is added every week. More than 100 million people around the world use Calm to take care of their minds and you should too. Calm is offering you an exclusive offer of 40% off a Calm premium subscription at calm.com slash AMR. Go to calm.com slash AMR for 40% off unlimited access to Calm's entire library. That's calm.com slash AMR. Summer has finally arrived in Portland, and I'm moving back onto dry land for my workouts, which means I'm putting my beloved handful Wyback bras through their paces again. Woohoo! I'm wearing a Wyback bra right now as I record this ad as I'm fresh off a walk and strength training. Like all handful bras, the Wyback is made from smooth, quick-dry fabric that's an eco-friendly recycled polyester offering the perfect amount of stretch. The bra's wide band and straps provide excellent support, while the Wyback design on my favorite style keeps those straps securely in place and comfortable. Oh, so comfortable. If you want high support but aren't keen on pullover styles, check out the Closer from Handful. It's a racerback bra with zip front closure. In addition to loving Handful products, I adore the tight team of women who own and run Handful. Their purpose is supporting women so they can grab life by the Handful, and Handful products are backed by the Handful High Five, which are the G-rated F-words the team swears by. Fashion, function, feel, fun, and fight against breast cancer. The Closer and the Wyback are two of the seven styles of bras Handful makes, all in an array of colors. Right now I have my eye on a Wyback in a dreamy shade of blue called Fresh Air. Follow my lead and fall in love with Handful Bras. Save 15% at Handful.com with promo code HandfulAMR15. Again, that 15% code is HandfulAMR15 at Handful.com. Well, this one comes from Amy in Batavia, Illinois. Hi, my name is Amy. I'm from Batavia, Illinois, and I'm a mother runner of three kids, six, four, and two. I just finished playing Bammer Bingo by running around my block at nap time so I could get some sunshine. It's finally sunny here. I wanted your advice on surviving the terrible twos because my two-year-old is capital T, trouble. How did you survive the toddler years? And please tell me the teen years are not as bad as everyone says. Your thoughts and perspectives are appreciated. Thank you. So first of all, Dim, explain briefly what Bammer Bingo is, because we have another person with that. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that is from the Stride into the Holidays uh, Stride program that we do, that we do um, for charity around the holidays. It's between um, right before Thanksgiving to the middle of December. And every Friday or Saturday, we kind of have a fun little challenge where it could be um, fancy pants or um, what else do we do? You had to run an errand, to, like do an errand on the run or <laughs> um, stuff like that. And, um, and so one of them was Bammer Bingo. So we just came up with, you know, uh, what, 25 squares of just random 
random stuff like, you know, peed a little in my pants or, you know, <laughs> saw a running bumper sticker. And one of them was I called, um, I called uh, into AMR Answers. So yeah. that's why we have a couple of those. Nice, nice, nice. So good. And this one I specifically chose because Alex, our producer, said we should broaden our scope of questions to include the mother part of Mother Runner. So I have to say the toddler years. Um, I want to answer the second part, which is please tell me the teen years are not as bad as everyone says. I would like to say it's not the teen years you should you should be worried about. It's the middle school years. I found those to be the toughest. I find those to be the toughest of my children's lives. And why is that, do you think? I just think the hormones hit them so hard. Mm -hmm. And particularly for the, my girls just became total grumpalumphaguses. They just were so not, they can so often be so unpleasant Mm -hmm. um, and just very reclusive. And I don't know, just not thinking about anyone but themselves. And like with Phoebe, you know, who just turned 17 last week and I talked to, we went out to lunch on her birthday and maybe I had just done these questions or something. And I told her, I said, oh yeah, you know, from like sixth grade to the middle of ninth grade, I said, you know, Phoebe, you just were so mean sometimes. And I said, I just wasn't optimistic that she'd swing out of it. And she just, oh, I just love spending time with Phoebe now. I mean, she just... She holds my hand when we walk places and we talk and she asks if we can go out to lunch so that we can talk about what I'll needlepoint her. I mean, that was an actual <laughs> conversation we had this morning. I mean, what gives? Wow, so, wow. So, so I think the takeaway message from that is, regardless of what age your kids are, Amy, that they will change, that the that the situation they are in now, I mean, she has a, six, a six-year-old, so that Amy knows that those that three-year-old behavior does go by the wayside. It changes And maybe for a while, you're not so thrilled about the new behavior, but that three-year-old behavior does get, or two, whatever it is that you find um, really challenging, it does change. Um, It does, it does, but it's hard. I mean, the difference between the toddler years and the teenage years is really um, the where they require the most support, right? And Mm -hmm. the toddler years requires physical supervision and, you know, a lot of touching, a lot of, you know, potty Mm -hmm. training and putting on their mittens and helping them get dressed. And, Mm -hmm. you know, and where the teenage years I feel like are more emotionally draining, right? Mm -hmm. Where they're more like, you know, okay, I have all day to myself. I have this quiet house and they come home um, in a bad mood um, for some reason. And, and, you know, I, often want to know that reason to see if it's something that, you know, um, it's just life or something that happened at school or whatever, you know, and that's hard because sometimes, like you said, they want to cough it up and sometimes they don't. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's just, it's more, um, it's just more, I find it just much more emotionally draining because you ride the highs and lows with them. And you also know that they are so much closer to becoming an adult. And so the way that they cope now, like, you know, my, my daughter's 15, you know, the way that she copes now is not going to be all that different than the way that she copes when she's 21 or 26 and, and, or whatever, you know, certainly she can definitely adapt and, and um, get some new habits and things like that, but they're much closer to the person that they're going to be than Mm -hmm. you are at, you know, seven. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, that's troubling sometimes. I mean, um, but as far as like surviving the toddler years, I mean, the biggest thing, and this is going (laughs) to, you know, come back to everything we always say, but taking time for yourself, 
right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. whether it is hiring a babysitter on Saturday afternoon so you can go out for a run walk or, you know, go do errands by yourself. I mean, I remember so many, the one that story that always comes back to me is the woman who um, we had in Run Like a Mother who talked about, you know, she used to go to the YMCA and they had two hour childcare. And so one hour was spent exercising and one hour was you know, pretending that she was at the five seasons and, you know, t- you know, at the, <laughs> the, four, seasons, the four seasons, yeah, yeah. The four seasons, I mean, um, you know, taking, you know, taking a long shower and sitting and meeting people and just having that time. I mean, that's the thing is you get through a day with toddlers and you're like, oh my God, I've been emotional all day and I've done nothing, mm-hmm. right? I've done nothing, you know? And yeah. so that is hard. Um, so that's, that's my biggest uh, piece of advice. And, and then also the other thing, have you watched it all the, um, the the Maria Kondo or I, I'm not sure if I'm doing that right, but you know the 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 life changing. Oh, I haven't watched. I have not your watched joy on, on Netflix. Netflix. Yeah, I have not you know watched it. Talking about. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And so the first one, I've only started the first one. I didn't get through it because, um, of course, my kids needed something. But um, <laughs> but they had toddlers, right? They had toddlers, and they had you know just so much stuff in their house: it's clothes and, and games and toys and blah blah blah. And you you know you kind of forget a little bit about how needy those kids are, you know, you're like, Oh, I'm going to go do the dishes now. And then two minutes later, you know, there's an emergency and you've got to, you know, go help that. And then you come back to it, you know, six hours later and the dishes still aren't done. And, um, so I think that's just a reminder that, um, it was, it it really brought me back because it's sometimes easy to forget how, um, hands-on and how just kind of chaotic Um, and and mundane. That's the other thing is they're very mundane too. It's not like you're, Mm-hmm. Out changing the world. It's like, no, you're changing the diaper again and again. <laughs> and, again. and so, um, so again, that time for yourself is just key. And, um, you know, whatever you need to do to make it happen, you know, whether it's running in the morning, it's trading with someone else to babysit your kids, it's hiring a babysitter, it's trading with your husband, you get Saturday, he gets Sunday, whatever it is, you gotta, you gotta find it um, and yeah. make that a priority. Yeah. And to interject something about um, technology, because Tim, you know, it's hard to believe that, that the iPhone's only been around for 10 years, but so that, you know, we didn't have smartphones when we were just in that mundane phase with, with our young kids, with our kids. And so I think, I know from even with my now teenagers, it feels like if I'm trying to pay attention to my phone and then they're demanding something of me, telling me about, you know, a new after school program they want to do or why it is they, you know, need a certain thing in their lunch, whatever it is that it can feel that they're disrupting me more than they really are because I'm trying to pay attention to my phone. And I think not to sound like a scold, but I think just putting down the phone and just being like, you know what, I'm just going to sit here and, you know, play blocks and not try to look at Instagram at the same time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because that, I, that's for any age. Yeah. Like you said, it doesn't matter if they're toddlers or they are 17 year olds. I mean, that's definitely, um, you yeah. You can't have your attention in two places at once. Yeah. And it just, and you think that you're escaping by doing, I know that I want to speak for myself. I think I'm escaping when I look at Instagram or something like that, but really it's, if someone's trying to get my attention, it just becomes an aggravator instead of a uh, stress relief for me. So just, you know, putting it down and being like, oh, okay, I'm just going to stare off into space while they do that. You know, that's that's like a legitimate option, you know? Yes, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, 
All right. So um, this one, the, the name was a little garbled, I believe, as, as does Google Voice Transcriber. Uh, I think it's Penny from Casanova, New York, which is near our alma mater, Colgate. So let's hear what she has to say. Hello. My name is Penny from Casanova, New York. I'm new to Bammer programs and having fun with the, my first stride into the holidays. I've been running for 15 years. I started with a 5K. Now I have a goal of running marathons in each state. I'm up to 31. I'm interested in trying the heart rate training for marathon. I have one coming up in May. I feel like I am in a bit of a rut with my running. My question is how to transition from time distance training to heart rate training. I'm currently building for a January marathon. My weekly mileage is around 50 miles. At the end of yesterday's long run, I ran a mile at tempo to see what my heart rate would be. It was 155 average. The earlier miles ranged from 127 to 132. Thanks for your advice and for filling in a bingo square. I hope to sign up for a heart rate marathon program in 2019, and I would appreciate knowing how to get ready for it. Many happy miles. So first off, I'd like to say congrats on being up to 31 states. That is, I know. That's impressive. I was hoping that, you know, she was asking for our advice of what state should be next. Because <laughs> we, we can be your travel advisor for you. <laughs> we can dole that out all day long. Exactly. So, yeah, but, but I also was just really thrilled that she is intrigued by heart rate training because I think it's, you know, a lot of people kind of hear about it. Maybe they see, you know, write up on you know, women's running or runner's world and just kind of start to think about it. And it is so unique that, that Train Like Mother Club offers those heart rate training plans because, you know, as far as we know, we're, we might be the only ones who offer those online. <laughs> yeah. So, so it's, um, the new programs are called Running by Heart Rate and, um, and, you know, she's up at 50 miles already, which is, um, or not already, not like you have to, no plan takes you to 50 miles <laughs> and train like a mother club. Um, but yeah, I mean, basically the way that those work, uh, Penny, is that you, um, you do a test at the beginning of, before you start the program, right? So before you start the marathon program, which is 24 weeks long. So if you want to get going in May, um, I would recommend signing up for one sooner than later. If you haven't already, we can definitely ease you in because you sound like a very experienced runner. Mm -hmm. um, but 24 weeks is a long time. And that's partly by design so that you have time to learn how to run by heart rate and then actually take a big bite out of the training, right? Mm -hmm. um, but basically, so before any of the programs in running by heart rate, you you take a test and you it's, um, it is uh, a 15 minute run test. It's basically you warm up first and then you run 15 minutes at a very like solid tempo effort, um, you know, kind of like a 5k effort. And, um, and then you take your heart rate from that and you do some calculations. And from there you determine your zones. So the fact that she, you know, told us that her tempo was at 155 and the early miles range from 127 to 132, that's um, helpful, but everybody is going to land at a different place. So, mm -hmm. you know, I can't say, oh, you're going to have to run all your miles at 127. Like that's just, you're going to, that's the, that test is lovely because it, you gives you your own individual zones. It's not just 180 minus your heart rate or something like that, where you're, um, you know, more, it's, it's very, very personalized. Mm -hmm. And, and also to where you are in fitness. That's the thing is we, we have you take it every four to eight weeks and you're going to oh. get better at it. So your zones are going to change as you become more fit. So that's kind of fun too. Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, but, but it is, you know, as far as going from distance to heart rate training, I mean, so the, so all of the workouts in heart rate training are by minutes and that's by design so that we have you going, 
you know, instead of for five miles, we have you going for 50 minutes and you may cover, you know, um, three miles during that time and you may cover six miles during that time, depending upon your fitness level and, you know, and where you are in your running journey. Um, and the thing about it is, is as, especially people who are newer to it, which is not this caller, um, because she's, she's got such a nice depth and, and a week base, uh, you know, runs a lot every week. Um, you're going to get fitter. Like your improvements are going to be really, uh, quite significant Mm. between tests, right. For the most part. Mm. Um, so, um, I guess the, it's a long way of saying if it's interesting to you, it's definitely worth trying. Um, and you know, you're definitely going to get what you need from it. And you want, if you want something different to try and, um, for, as you train for number 31, I would definitely give it a go. I, I don't think there's anything to lose, um, in it because they are, um, again, like you're going to spend a lot of time in zone one and two, which again, it's going to be your own zone one and two, which is those base endurance miles. And then they have some really fun workouts where you go up to, higher levels, you're going up to zone three, four, five, mm. top of the pyramid. Um, the other thing that's really cool about it, uh, about these programs is Coach Jen and Liz, um, in almost every easy effort run, um, they have either form drill that you need to work on or drill drills where you stop and do um, you know, karaoke or high knees or something like that that helps you what they call it free speed, right? Because mm-hmm. it helps you become become a better, more efficient runner. Um, so again, if you're kind of a little bit like you want a little zing and you know something else to think about besides your heart rate, that those form and drill runs are also um, pretty interesting and, um, and and engaging on the run. And I should say that karaoke is a, a quick foot drill. It is not stopping and singing along with words on a screen. It, it's grapevine. It's grapevine yeah, back for us scripting. who did yeah. it in the 80s. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So, and also somebody like Penny who has a very specific long-term goal of wanting to run at least 50 marathons. Heart rate training is so beautiful because it can really stave off injuries, you know, keep, keep you be able to run, the, reach goals that you want, but hopefully sidestep injury. So yeah, I, yeah, it keeps you honest, right? Because mm-hmm. you know, um, the, a, a lot of things affect your heart rate. It's not just your fitness level. So if you are, you know, like um, Rebecca <laughs> back in South Carolina, changing a job, getting your PhD, you know, have a full time job, you're stressed, you're not maybe not sleeping well, blah blah blah. Like your heart rate is going to reflect that, mm-hmm. and your zone two doesn't change, right? So if you get out and within five minutes you're already out of zone two, it's time for you to slow down, right? Mm-hmm. And so that day you may only cover, you know, maybe you cover half a mile less than you normally do. Yeah. And that's just, that's just the reality. And that just meets you where you are. And so Mm -hmm. that's kind of, like you said, it's kind of lovely. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Nice. Nice. So and our final question comes from Valerie in Salt Lake City. Hi, this is Valerie in Salt Lake City, and I am doing stride into the holidays. I'm calling to mark off a square on my Bammer bingo. Um, Just real quickly, I'm training for my first marathon in June, and I'm planning on doing the Steamboat Marathon, Um, and just wondered if you had any tips on training for a marathon at altitude. Thanks. Bye. So I did some research, and Mm -hmm. Valerie lives at roughly 4,200 feet elevation, and Steamboat is at roughly 6,700 feet. So she lives at at altitude way more than a lot of people do. So, so I wanted us to definitely answer the question about, you know, going from one 
fairly high altitude to another high, but also hopefully we're going to touch on, give some advice for like flatlanders like me or something who might be considering like training for a relay race in Tahoe or the Ogden Marathon, which is at 4,300 feet, because it can be very challenging to be suddenly plunked down into an atmosphere that has um, not as much oxygen in it. Okay, so Sarah, I applaud your research. Very good. Looking up the, the elevation. Um, the thing about the Steamboat Marathon, which I know because I've run the half, is that you start a lot higher. It's a lot like the Ogden course, where uh-huh. it's basically, it's a it's a point-to-point race where you get bussed to the start and you oh. run down through the valley. So they started almost over 8,000 feet. Oh, boy. Yeah, oh boy. and come back down to, 50, it looks like about 6,600. Okay. Um, so that's a little bit different. Um, the good news is that it's net downhill. So the, al- the altitude will affect you for sure. Like, don't get me wrong, but you, you also have a nice downhill course. Honestly, um, because she already lives at altitude, I would be more concerned about training for a net downhill course. I was about to I mean, say. <laughs> I'm looking at this, alti- at this, at this uh, elevation chart right now, and there's very little... It looks pretty relentless um, until you get to about mile 18, where you then have to go and climb again and come back down, and then you're flat. So that, honestly, is a bigger, uh, I would say, a bigger speed bump to overcome with training than, um, than the altitude. And, and also, those are so deceptive, those net downhills. I mean, you know, that's what gets a lot of people at Boston, is that you know, that you, yes, there's climbing, but that um, particularly the first half, I'm pretty sure has a net downhill to it. And it's just, it's your quads just never get a break. They never, they never recover, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things. I mean, I would um, definitely um, train on a course that looks like this. I mean, if she lives in Salt Lake City, I would say do as many downhill repeats as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, uphill, you know, you could, you know, it basically, you would want to run uphill too because that's going to strengthen you all over. But you know, run the downhill at what you think is race pace, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, I remember when we had people training for Ogden here. Um, one woman, Anne, who lives here in Colorado, she went and did super long runs downhill. So oh, that's boy. that's what I would start with. Yeah, um, which obviously then invo- involves driving to a certain spot. And yeah, then, you got to have some coordination. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, and this, sorry, this also calls to mind the first leg of the Hood to Coast Relay, or the first two <laughs> legs of the first Hood to Coast Relay, which the, typically, you know, if you're on a relay team for that, you pick like your smallest team member because, uh, you know, somebody, you know, you, me, we, we have a certain weight behind us and that, that compounds that um, pounding. I have no and, idea what you're talking about. <laughs> so, see, Tish, Tish was our leg one a long time ago. Tish, who's like this, you know, the weight of a Pringle chip. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, you know that that it is um, something you you can train for, but it's still going to thrash your quads. And uh, yeah, yeah, just was trying to make it more applicable to other people. Absolutely. Um, and then as far as just going to an, a race at elevation, I mean, you have to do two things. You have to hydrate really well. Um, mm-hmm. I would be drinking noon, um, you know, on the plane there or on the drive there. I would be drink. I would, I would really like almost every water bottle for the, you know, 36 hours leading up to the race, I would have electrolytes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, and then during the race, of course, you need to keep drinking and drinking because especially, 
Um, if you're coming, like you said, if you're a flatlander coming to Tahoe or Ogden or something like that, where you're not, you know, say you, you're from, you know, Southern Illinois, where it's super humid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and so you're like, oh, I'm not sweating at all. Oh, you are. You just don't feel it. Oh, yeah. And, and you're totally unaccustomed to it. I, I just always laugh when you and I went running in Seattle, outside Seattle that one time. You're like, what's wrong with this shirt? It's not drying as I run. And I'm like, oh, what is she talking about? There's no wicking. I was like, this wicking sucks. And I'm like, oh, whoa. Because I mean, literally you can finish a run. I mean, my sports bra is always, you know, feel damp. But there are times when my shirt, I mean, it definitely reeks, but you wouldn't know that I had been running. You know? oh my, yeah, which is, I mean, here, you know, it's completely the, you know, my clothes are wet when I finish a run, whether it's raining or not. So yes, yeah, so, so that sensation of being dry and not having sweat just streaming down your face. Yes, yes. It's very, very different. Very deceiving. Yep, it can. So you need to, you know, pay attention to how much you drink on a normal training run and try to do that during the marathon. If mm-hmm. that feels good, you know, if you figure out your kind of your, your formula on a mm-hmm. training run. And then, um, I would, you know, save the celebration cocktails for after the race. Yep. And, um, and then finally, I would, um, you know, again, I don't think that necessarily um, Valerie might have a problem because she's coming from pretty high altitude. But um, if you are coming from very little altitude and you come up to run a race at altitude, you really have to, like we said earlier, put your GPS behind. Mm, yeah. yeah. And that means, um, you know, not it means paying attention to your perception of effort and you want to run at the pace that, you know, you feel like you need to race at um, and pace meaning your perception of effort, right? So if you did most of your training runs at a six and you want to notch it up to a seven, perfect. Do that, but do not let your watch be your guide. I mean, this is, I mean, it's, this is like a double whammy because it's um, net downhill by a lot. (laughs) And um, so you're going to, you know, you may be going faster than you want to, And then, but you're going to, you know, again, I don't want to put that in her, but it's really hard. Okay. So it's two things that are hard about net downhill races. It's the net downhill on your quads and your knees and your, you know, and, and getting your body and your joints ready for that. And then you hit the flat and it feels like you've run into, um, cement that hasn't dried yet. Yeah. You know, yeah, and, then, and then, and then you said there's some climb after that. So yes. So my line, I have a, and then you have to go, <laughs> I have the profile right in front of me. So you go down to about 20. Uh-huh. Um, and then from like 20 to 22 is just a nice gradual climb. And then you go back down to about 24 and then you're flat through the, through the town of steamboat Springs. And like I said, I've run the half. It is so lovely. It is just gorgeous. It is June is just, it couldn't be any greener. The cows are out the sun hopefully is going to be out. The sky is going to be crazy blue. This, 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 the air feels so crisp and refreshing and it is just, you know, it is literally like heaven on earth in my mind. So I'm not saying don't run this race. I'm saying go in with the idea that, you know, it's a lot like how they ran Ogden, like go have fun, you know, take amazing pictures of the valleys, take pictures of the scenery that you just cannot believe was, is available to you on this earth, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's what I would do. I think that sounds like brilliant advice. Brilliant. Very good. Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, to have your question be answered on the show, Dim, what number would they call? 
They would call um, 470-223-2771, or that's 470-BADASS. Sarah, I'm thinking I'm going to call it oh, BADASS1, sorry. If you don't forget the one, you're not going to get get through. <laughs> yeah. I think I might have to call in with my own question. <laughs> that would be so funny. <laughs> and also to see the transcription. I want to see if it transcribes you saying your own name correctly, because I swear you are Timothy, you are, I'm sure you're worse on the other <laughs> three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so you call in, you tell us your first name, where you're calling from, please keep your message to 90 seconds or less. And we appreciate you subscribing to and rating this podcast wherever you listen. Keep the questions coming. We're here with answers. Take care.